0: Well, it's really good to be back with you, and uh, such a joy to be preaching on such very rich scriptures this morning. So let's pray together and ask for the Spirit's help. Dear God, we thank you that your word is living and active, and we thank you that when your Holy Spirit comes and we gather together as a faith community, that you always have new light and new love to bring to us from your holy word. So let your Holy Spirit do its good work among us today. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So have you ever found yourself wondering if Jesus spends his whole week relaxing and then waits to do all of his healing on the Sabbath. (laughs) In our gospel story today, we join Jesus as he continues his wonderful show and tell ministry about the kingdom of God, God's realm and reign of justice and mercy of love and wholeness and liberation that reaches everywhere in this world and extends to every one. And today on the Sabbath, of course, (laughs) our story begins in a synagogue with a suffering woman who comes shuffling in while Jesus is teaching. She has been stooped over for 18 long years. Think about that, folks. Think about going back 18 years in your own life. Back to 2006, some of our kids can't even go back that long. That's how long she has been suffering. 18 years of never looking folks in the eyes. 18 years of only seeing her own two feet and where they're going to go next. And because of religious purity laws, 18 years of relational and spiritual isolation from her faith community. That's a whole lot of suffering. And in verse 12 in our story today, something very crucial happens that is so easy for all of us to overlook. Jesus actually sees this suffering woman. He sees her. And we all know how easy it is to pretend that we don't see the suffering people around us sometimes, to avert our eyes, to pretend that they are invisible, and to go on our merry way. Amen? So easy. But not Jesus. His very life mission is to bring, release to the captives, and to set the oppressed free. And so that means he sees her. And so in this gender-segregated, male-dominated, able-bodied religious space, are you still with me? Jesus now does something completely shocking. He calls her forward. Did you notice that? And in this male-dominated space, this is shocking. What's he doing? And then, he opens his heart to her. And then his hands, and he touches her. And because of religious purity laws, that may be very well the first time anyone has touched her in 18 years. And that touch, his touch, our Lord's touch, it heals her. Now if you're like me, we all wanna know the backstory on this woman, don't we? Luke in the Greek, well in the NRSV it says she is crippled by a spirit. In the Greek it simply says that she has a spirit of weakness. What was the toxic mix of evil and abuse and a illness and shame and loneliness that held her captive for 18 years? We just don't know. But what we do know is that what holds her captive is no match for the healing power of Jesus' touch. In setting her free, we see that God's love is stronger. Stronger than our illness, stronger than any evil that holds us captive, stronger than our shame, stronger than our fear just like the prayer that you taught us, Ellen. In this past week, I kept on feeling the Spirit drawing my attention to something I had never noticed in 20 years of preaching on this text. In verse 13, after Jesus heals this woman, she now stands up straight and tall. Her stooped over days are over. On Wednesday at the Mennonite home, Clayton Charles and I were percolating on this story together and I I mentioned that and he said to me, Todd, be sure to mention that, that's important. And so let me mention it again, if you don't mind. In the presence of Jesus, women are healed to stand up straight and tall. Oh, come on. (laughs) Do I hear an amen? There stooped over days, Your stooped over days are history. Indeed, Jesus is calling all of us, all of us, to rise up to our full stature and human dignity as children of God. But there's more. Notice that this woman's healing now leads to, in verse 13, to her beginning to praise God, as we see on our bulletin cover today. This woman standing in her full dignity with her arms uplifted to God in praise. Her liberation, her healing, leads to gratitude and reverence and awe toward God. And of course, now it's when the pushback comes from the synagogue leader. There are six good days of healing. Come back on one of them. Instead of trampling on the Sabbath. And Jesus pushes right back. He says on the Sabbath, you wouldn't think twice about unbinding your donkey to give your donkey water, so why think twice about unbinding this daughter of Abraham from all that is enslaving and holding her captive? Why would you do that? Now sitting here in 2022, hearing this story it's real easy to chuckle and smugly ask how could this religious guy get it so wrong? I mean, doesn't he know that the Sabbath was made for us and not the other way around? And by healing again and again on the Sabbath, doesn't Jesus just set us free to treat this day like any other one? To shop and consume and to keep on our endless working? Well, actually, no. Commentators are quite emphatic that Jesus's question here is not whether to keep the Sabbath but how to keep it to reclaim the Sabbath day as a day of liberation, of rest and delight. My parents describe growing up in the world and many of you remember this, where it was much easier to keep the Sabbath day holy. No stores were open no restaurants served food, no youth sport, sports were ever scheduled, no email kept on endlessly filling our inboxes. Remember those days? But that world is long gone, isn't it? Long gone. And today, We live in a 24-7 world where many of our employers regard Sunday just as any other day. And intentionally keeping a weekly time of Sabbath, whether on Sunday or some other day, some of us, I realize, need to do that. But doing that even on another day feels more and more challenging than ever before. And so all week, I kept feeling myself drawn to notice how the transformation of this stooped over woman might embody for us what God desires to happen for each of us on our day of Sabbath rest. At the end of every week of hard work, God desires to heal the places in our lives where we are stooped over. Our exhaustion, our hurry sickness, boy, I have that one. Our worry and our burnout, where are the stooped over places in your life and in mine? Just as God rested on the seventh day of creation, so God has graciously provided, think about this, a day to minister to our stooped over places and to water us like a garden. Did you hear that wonderful line in the Isaiah passage? God didn't make us create us just to spend our whole lives stooped over and focused on our feet and where our next step is going to be. On the 7th day God invites us to raise our gaze to experience the liberation that comes when we stop 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 to rest, to worship and contemplate and delight in God and each other. And by the way, by God's design, we are supposed to, invited to spend one seventh of our lives doing that. One seventh of our lives. The Sabbath is a day for worship A day for connecting with loved ones over a leisurely meal. A day for disconnecting from our technology and our screens. Jewish rabbinical teaching says that it's a day for spouses to make love. It's a day for taking a long walk, writing a letter, enjoying our garden or taking a really long, sweet nap. A day of delight. Let me close with these words from my favorite Australian theologian, Sarah Batchelard. She puts it this way. The needs of the world are urgent The cry of the earth right now is clamorous, but our responses need to be sourced in the wellspring of divine love, the river of God that sustains and waters all of life. So dear friends on this Sabbath day, may God heal our stooped over places and water us like a garden. Amen.